Hi, this is Leah. Just a heads up, this episode is our Easter episode, and to celebrate, the guys ate a lot of candy on the air. Every once in a while, you'll hear someone talking with a jelly bean in their mouth. So if that's disgusting to you, maybe don't listen to this episode with headphones on. Okay, my name is Leah, and you're listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. everyone and welcome to the 2020 Bloomingdale Church Easter Stravaganza. My name is Max Terman and I am your moderator and I am joined this week by Dan Marcello, the Young Families Pastor. Howdy. Scott Reed, the Worship Director. Happy Easter Stravaganza. And Bill Calvin, the Associate Pastor. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Bill. While Scott's getting a handful of jelly beans, would you uh, Way to out me. open Jesus. us in prayer? <laughs> sure. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you especially that it's a beautiful day outside. But we want it to be a day that really matters for people's lives, ourselves included. So we pray your Holy Spirit comes and fills us and that we glorify you in this time. Amen. 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 Listeners. If you would like to be a part of the show, you can send Would You Rather questions, topic of the week suggestions to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org, just like Sean M. did. Uh, Our Would You Rather today comes from Sean. Scott, take it away. I'm eating jelly beans, Max. Well, we all are. I'm going to need a moment. You're not. (laughs) It's delicious. It's Easter. Sean M. asks, would you rather... Oh, that's the subject line. Would you rather you guys are doing great? I like this question. Would you rather have rollerblades as your permanent feet or oven mitts as your permanent hands? I don't see the downside of rollerblades for permanent feet. I could get really sweet leg muscles. You get everywhere fast. You get great leg muscles. Stairs become a problem. <laughs> but how often do I really go upstairs? I live in a split-level house, actually, so that could be a problem. Yeah, I choose the rollerblades. I live in a ranch, one level level ranch. Just so, boom. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't do my job with oven mitts for hands. <laughs> you could hold a pick. Okay, well, they had the strings. would be more difficult. Yeah, it takes two all... hands to play. I don't so know much of our job is typing. Things. How would yeah. we type or use a phone or call people? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the rollerblades, although I'm not looking forward to going to bed at night with rollerblades on. <laughs> Bill, you would destroy the Boston Marathon. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. goodness. So do other people know that you have rollerblade mm. feet? Or yeah. do they just see you go well, they and they're think like, it's that rollerblades, And then you show them that it's just made of your own flesh. Oh, gosh. And then they're like, oh. I'm so sorry that I asked. Happy Easter. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. Dan, how does the Easter Bunny stay fit? Uh, doing lots of push-ups. Exercise. Oh, I would also take aerobics. Ooh. Um, it's Easter. Easter egg hunts are out of the question because of the quarantine. And so we'll have to do one of our own in our own special way. Uh, Bill, uh, where does the Easter bunny appear in the Bible? The term Easter bunny is not found in the Bible. (laughs) But the spirit of generosity. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, A listener who uh, demanded to remain anonymous has a game for us. Um, So, welcome to the 2020 Bloomingdale Church Easter Trivia Bowl, where Dan, Scott, and Bill will compete for bragging rights and a prize to be named later. And Scott will lose. And And Bill will, of course, win. As always. (laughs) 
You, you said as you, always? You tricked me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it wasn't trying. There are many questions, some from the Bible, some from Easter lore from around the world. The stakes, we do have a prize that will be named later, but in the meantime, any question that you get right, you're welcome to take an Easter egg out of this bucket. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, I know. We're going to raise the stakes. We're going to start nice and easy. Uh, according to the Gospel of John, how many angels were inside the tomb? One. Gee, Scott says one. I think he's right. I think, Matthew, there's two Outside, outside the tomb. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for none inside, they're outside. Ooh. The answer I have says two. Uh-oh. The listener submitted the answer is number two. I'm going to look it up. Please. Maybe that's why they demanded to be named anonymous. Um, <laughs> it's because all the answers are wrong. <laughs> Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed <sighs> angels. Boom! Oh. I'm sorry I doubted you, anonymous listener. <laughs> Do you know the identity of this Please. anonymous? I listener? know the identity of the anonymous. Oh, okay. guys. That was the easy one. All right. The softball. That's the there it goes. All right. After being resurrected, <laughs> Jesus shows himself to the disciples beside which sea? The Red Sea, the Caspian Sea, the Sea of Tiberias, or the Dead Sea? The Sea of, sea of Tiberias. Good. Okay, we're getting some momentum. The Bible states <laughs> that Jesus was scourged. What does the word scourge mean? To starve, to humiliate, to banish, to whip. To, to whip. whip. Nice. <laughs> very good. In unison, too. Now that was the softball Take question. Take it away. Scott, you get an Scott, egg. You get Finally. An egg. Bill, you get an egg. Bill gets an egg. You get an egg, and you get an egg, and everyone gets an egg. <laughs> Color of my first All right, color. now we're, we're moving out of the Bible and into Easter from around the world. Where does Easter get its name? A. Eating. B. The pagan goddess, Ustra. C, the Greek word istros, which means beginning again. And D, the nor'easter winds. B, Ustra. I also think it's B. Well, just to be different, I'll take C. Hey, there you go, Bill. It was B, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever be different. Always conform. Uh, instead of a rabbit, what do Australians hey, use? Where, where's our eggs, Max? You can get your own eggs. <laughs> I can't reach. Uh, instead of a rabbit, what do Australians mm. use to symbolize Easter? It's a, I bet it's that. A, an a koala. B, a bilby. C, an echidna. I or just D, <laughs> a kangaroo. An echidna, because I I'm guessed it before you read say the that answers. same thing. Ball it's a bilby. A bilby. A bilby. A bilby. What is a bilby? I have <laughs> a picture of a bilby. Listeners, you'll uh, Dan, be thrilled to Dan, look at this Dan, will you please describe it? to the listeners what that looks like? It's kind of like a mix between a rat and a bunny with giant ears and yeah. a longer tail. Yeah. It's the Easter rat. Yeah. Where does the Easter rat oh, appear yeah. in the Bible, Bill? Well, the term Easter rat is actually not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the spirit of evil is. <laughs> Would you like to meet one of those creatures? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally... Who started the tradition of the Easter Bunny? Queen Victoria, the German Lutherans, an American marketing firm, or a French department store? I'm going to go with the French department store because it's so weird. What was the second choice again? German Lutherans. I'm going to go with German Lutherans. Why not? I'm going to go with American marketing. It's the German Lutherans. <laughs> Dan, congratulations. You are Easter trivia champion Thank you very for the well. entire year of 2020. I've trained my whole life for this. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, 
All right. Scott and Bill are tied. Scott and Bill. <laughs> I'm not having a tiebreaker for second place. I'm just saying. We've done. I this thought l- I was going to lose, and Bill was going to win. We've done this long Bill, enough. So I'm pretty pleased. <laughs> um, let's get back to to topic of the week. Easter is the most important holiday in the Christian calendar, um, but more importantly, Easter is a celebration, and it's the Easter episode. I want to talk about favorite Easter memories. Dan, do you want to open us up? Sure, I've got a few, so I'll share probably the most lighthearted one. Okay. My birthday actually fell on Easter one year when I was a kid. Mm. And that was kind of, well, looking back on it, I think it was fun. I think I really tried to use it as an excuse to get out of church. Of like, <laughs> hey, it's my birthday, can, can I stay home? Uh, didn't, that didn't work with mom and dad. We went to church anyway. Uh, but that was just really cool. And I, I, as a kid, I remember thinking, this is going to happen all the time. And, and then when I was an adult, I looked it up and it's not going to happen again until I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> like a hundred years from now. <laughs> so, so I probably should have enjoyed it more. If, Mom and Dad, if you're listening, sorry that I fought you on the way to church. So kind of weirdly, even though I come from a really devout Christian family, Easter in terms of like the celebration was not like a huge deal for us. I don't know. Some families have like a big Easter tradition. After church, they do something you know really big. And we got together, but it just always seemed kind of more casual. One th- one Easter memory that I have was there was, this was when I was pretty little, probably like five or six, there was like an egg decorating contest in my church. And I won, thanks wow. to my mom, <laughs> because she made the egg. No, and what? she decorated it to look like our senior pastor, who I didn't really, she was like, it's Pastor Jeremy. And I was like, oh. And in my mind, as I look back on that memory, I thought she was talking about a completely different person. <laughs> so I definitely didn't deserve to win. I didn't come up with it. Oh I didn't gosh. make it. And I didn't even understand it. But I won. Did you won? What, what, did you get a prize? Uh, probably. I have a picture of it in one of my photo albums. Oh, it's blue. And it's got little brown like pom-poms on, on the head for hair. And then just like googly eyes. Pastor <laughs> <laughs> was offended by it. Bill, when I asked you for a favorite Easter memory, you immediately said, Oh, I've got one. Yes. I have a good Jewish friend named Rand Gloger, and one day he came up to me at Rotary and said, could I come to your church on Easter Sunday? I said, oh, Rand, I would love to have you come. In fact, let's just go all out. You come to the service, then we'll go back to my house, and we'll have Easter dinner, and we always have an Easter egg hunt. We'll give your kids baskets. All of our kids will go do the Easter egg hunt. We'll, we'll just do this right. So Rand came on Easter Sunday. I was thrilled that he was there with his family. And it was one of the top two services I've ever been a part of in a wow. local church. Hmm. And what I really remember about it was we had a casket in the sanctuary. And early, early on in the service, we're singing that song, up from the grave he arose, which mm-hmm. is very somber, the first two lines. And then it's just, you jump, and it's up from the grave he arose, and everybody jumps to their feet. The casket opens. Balloons fly out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Betty is coming down. So we're, we're just cheering. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it. Easter should be a big celebration. So yeah. we're having this great celebration. And I thought, I'm glad Rand sees Easter this way. Hmm. The whole rest of the service was great, too. We had a big choir with children and adults and drama. and It, it was just really great. The whole day was great. So that's probably my favorite Easter memory. That's awesome. 
So my favorite Easter was probably actually last year. It was the last Easter, obviously, for a lot of the families that were living on church property. Um, and um, it started uh, pretty pretty bad. I was going through all the stories we tell on this show are about breakups. I was going through a breakup. Uh, but I um, was in particular just in one of those spaces where I was like, I really don't want to do anything. I really don't want to see anybody. I'd rather just be alone. Um, I appreciate that it's Easter, but um, I actually don't even remember if I went to the Easter service. Um, I think I must have because I think I sang in it. Um, But I have no memory of that. Um, And Nate Kugel came and was like, hey, uh, we're going to play Frisbee golf. Do you want to play? And I was like, and I was like, who's gonna play? And he's like, well, right now it's just me and you. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we got Stuart, we got Jonah, we got Scott, and so (laughs) all of a sudden it was it was this beautiful night or you know dusk, and like the sun is setting and it's like you know seventy degrees, and we're out there playing frisbee golf and laughing, and that was really sweet of of being in that place where like you know I'd really rather be alone today. Um, but you know, having somebody who cared about me really take me out of that space and and show me that what I needed was to was to be loved by people and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is a great great Easter. Um, and that Easter alone makes me look forward to every Easter, <laughs> like looking forward to this Easter of like, oh man, like that's what Easter is. It's about you know celebrating that because of Jesus's death and resurrection like we have new life we have a chance to not have to be trapped in mm-hmm. that place of darkness and and depression but um we have a chance to be loved by the person who is loved by god um that was really awesome i kind of forgot about that and that started i think kind of kick-started a lot of like mm-hmm. staff on campus kind of hanging out and mm-hmm. doing fires together which was really special because then you know Stuart and rebecca mm-hmm. left and Jonah and Amy left, and then Nate and Anna left. So having yeah. that time was really cool. Yeah. Um, can you pass me that jelly bean? So one thing I remember, and our listeners, if you've been around Bloomingdale Church for a while, I'm sure Pastor Bill remember this. This was probably 2009 or 10. We did something that stuck with me all these years in our Easter service. We had, I think Pastor David recruited, and Dan Bailey, they recruited um, probably about like 15 to 20 people. And they had these big cardboard cutouts like cardboard signs mm-hmm. and on one side they wrote maybe a sin they had struggled with on the and so someone may have written like you know struggled with alcoholism for 30 years and then on the flip side they wrote you know how they've been transformed by mm-hmm. god and so like the, the, this was going on in the service this was just super impactful do you yes. remember that bill yes that was a great great service hmm. i think we've mentioned this before but my my hope is still that after all this ends we can still have a a proper Easter weekend where we have a Good Friday service and a, mm-hmm. an Easter Sunday service, even if it's like in August or whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I think we should still do it. I can't open these eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> and my, I guess my last Easter memory, living outside of America in a place where Easter and the evangelical ways, it's not celebrated oh. like we do. And we're just open up these eggs over here on the Bloomingdale Church podcast. <laughs> you just destroyed the egg. <laughs> we're all about the candy. It's just shattered. Max has given us raisinets. I know. We're never doing food on the show again. <laughs> uh, 
I'll bring steak I've next I've learned week. my lesson. You said raise the steaks and made me hungry for steaks. <laughs> uh, we'll bring steaks next week. Steaks for the 4th of July podcast. Yes. So living, living somewhere outside of America in a different kind of Christian culture, and the, the church culture was not really to celebrate Easter a whole lot. And I, I mentioned it last week. And I don't want to bore our listeners talking about the same old stuff all the time. But it's something I really missed. And so it's, mm. I'm really glad to be. Because I, I think sometimes we don't realize how much we depend on the church mm. to kind of set our mindset mm. when it comes to like, okay, gearing up Lent, the Lenten season, getting us ready for Easter. And then, you know, Good Friday, putting us in that headspace, Holy Week and remembering Jesus' sacrifice. And then Easter Sunday, like not having that, I really missed it. I'm, I'm making Bill crack up over why, here. What, I'm not sure what are you why. laughing I'm about? I'm having a phenomenal Easter memory. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about 10 years ago, our church was doing an Easter egg hunt over at Westlake Townhomes. And one of the features of this, I remember this. was the Easter bunny would come. Yes. And kids would sit on his lap. We'd take yeah. pictures. And this was before cell phones were prominent. So this must have been more than 10 years ago. And we would print the pictures out right there on the spot. So wow. moms and dads would come and instead of paying $20 to have this very same thing done at the shopping mall, they were getting this for free right there in their neighborhood. Yeah, I well, I thought to myself the next day, Easter Sunday, man, we paid a lot of money to rent that costume. We got to get more use out of it. <laughs> so during the 11 o'clock service, I thought, I'm, I'm going to put this thing on. <laughs> and as people came out of the sanctuary... <laughs> I remember. The Easter Bunny's not supposed to talk, but I would say, Happy Easter, Paul. Ha Happy Easter, <laughs> Nancy. And, and, well, then people just like, oh, this is awesome. Some of them had cell phones, and they would say, Easter Bunny, can uh, I take a picture of you with my kids? So then the kids are <clears throat> gathering around right. and taking a picture with each child so they could just go to their mother's home for Easter dinner and say, look what happened at church today. Mm -hmm. cool. The Easter Bunny came and visited us. So that's that's one of my great memories. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just decided to put on an Easter Bunny costume. Well, I wanted to get my money's worth yeah. out of that thing. It was a rental, that. right? Was, we don't Right, that, that was a rental. Now we own one. Yeah, we, we own one. We were poor in those days. We didn't have one. <laughs> wait, wait, do we actually own one? Oh, yeah. What do you mean, oh, yeah? <laughs> like, Well, we, we kept doing this year after year, and we thought, we, we should be better off buying it. So we asked a costume shop... Which may have been going mm -hmm. out of business. Where is it? Said, what would this <laughs> Why cost? Why is it not in this room? And it right cost now. about the same as what one rental cost. So it was a real easy yeah. decision to make. Yeah, let's just buy this. Wow. Why have I never seen that? <laughs> and Steve B used to be the one that would mm -hmm. dress up every year. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I don't. That's my new favorite Easter memory. I'm <laughs> learning that we have a bunny suit somewhere on this <laughs> campus. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back in America and celebrate this. <laughs> I guess that's what I was thinking. <laughs> as I, as I was saying. As I was, as I was saying. <laughs> I'm really glad to be back in America where we have Easter Bunny costumes. Um, let's try something. I want to I try something. And, um, you know, a big thing that we've talked about a lot this pandemic, you know, quarantine season has been sharing the resources that the church has, sharing the things that we've been putting out um, among family, among friends, among people who do and don't know God. Would, Bill, would you start? I'd like to try and, and explain the gospel. Would you start 
And whenever you feel like you get to a stopping place, pass it to someone else. Okay. The human race started out in a perfect condition. I love to think about how fabulous Adam and Eve were. They were everything all of us want to be. They didn't have any imperfections whatsoever. No pimples, no warts, no frayed hair, no fat. I mean, they were just perfect. And they were that way intellectually, too. There was nothing they would ever forget. They understood everything on the first try, I believe. They were brilliant. And they were in the perfect setting. They didn't even have to wear clothes. The temperature was perfect. And they were innocent. And their being naked is part of that innocence, that there was nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And in that environment, there was one action they were not allowed to take, and that was to eat of the forbidden fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we don't know how long they lived in the garden. It may have been a week, it may have been a thousand years, but ultimately they gave in to the temptation and ate the forbidden fruit and were exiled from the garden with a curse upon not only them, but the entire human race to follow, that we would struggle to have food, we would struggle with body image, everything was going to be a struggle, and a frustrating life would be ahead of us, and that frustrating life is experienced by all of us, but God loved us despite the sin, and he had a plan. A plan that wasn't a plan B, but his plan A that he had in mind before the foundation of the earth. Um, so part of the struggle that, that Bill was just talking about, part of the consequences of um, Adam and Eve eating of this fruit uh, was death. And it wasn't just a physical death that they brought into the world, but also a, a spiritual death, a separation from God. And we see time and time again throughout the Old Testament, and even in our own lives, um, that uh, that separation from God is sort of self-imposed. We just continue to fail. We, we can't live up to the standard that God has set forth. In Romans 3, it talks about God God's righteousness was made manifest in the law, and we we could not live up to the standard of righteousness. Uh, and and let's be clear here that that God, the judgment of God, you know, the death and the separation, and all that. This is not evidence of God's wickedness. This is not evidence of God's cruelty or of His indifference to us. But it is, in fact, evidence of God's righteousness. If God were not judging us, Paul says that He would be shown to be less than righteous. And uh, he quotes a psalm that says, basically, my, my sin, every day my sin proves the righteousness of God's judgment. Um, so we see in our own lives that God's judgment is worthy. And we see, again, throughout history and in our own lives that we cannot save ourselves. You know, God talks about, he sets out these laws by which we can um, draw near to him, and time and time again we fail, uh, and we, we just kind of fall further away.
Yeah, so I like definitely like what you guys said, Bill. I appreciate you saying that wasn't Plan B; it was Plan A, and uh, that he had this in mind from the very beginning, from the very garden that the the snake would bruise the heel of man of Jesus, but Jesus would crush the the serpent's head, and so this was something like a plan for redemption that was in in motion before the world even began, like Bill mentioned, uh, which gives me a lot of great comfort that God definitely knew what He was doing. Uh, this sin didn't take him by surprise. Something that I keep coming back to these days of the pandemic and life that none of this takes God by surprise. God always has a plan. God knows what's going on and he's in control. And so he, we're so, one of the reasons we're celebrating Easter is God sent his son Jesus to deal with this problem of sin, this uh, this stain that we all have over us and that ultimately separates us from God. And uh, and Jesus came as a, as a baby, was born of a virgin, lived a completely sinless and perfect life, which when I think about that, I think, wow, it's incredible. I sin before I even open my eyes in the morning sometimes, and it's like Jesus lived his whole life without ever entering into sin, having a sinful thought, having a sinful moment, speaking an angry word to someone, lived a completely perfect life. And in obedience to his father, went to the cross. I think Bill and Morgan preached a great sermon about that a few weeks ago of Jesus' obedience in the Garden of Gethsemane, and may this cup pass from me if it, if it may, but your will be done, Father. And so Jesus went as a willing sacrifice, the only one who could offer his life in exchange for ours to save us from our sin. And of course, Easter, we're celebrating him rising from the dead. They didn't stay dead. It wasn't just a case of, well, he was a cool guy that lived a cool, perfect life and just died, hmm. but God raised him from the dead and then offers us that same hope. Not, not just hope for eternal life, which is wonderful and amazing, but hope in this life too, to make it through, to have hope every day that he is with us, that he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The only thing I would add is to say the book of Hebrews um, talks about... Which is the coffee lover's favorite book of the Bible. <clears throat> Who are the coffee lovers? Hebrews. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come on, Max. <laughs> Keep up. Turn it off. <laughs> I don't want to record it anymore. <laughs> um, the only thing I would add is that Hebrews talks about that Jesus is present with us. He's present with, with God the Father, and he intercedes on our behalf. Mm -hmm. That even though Jesus died, the wages of sin are still death, mm -hmm. and that we have to accept Jesus. We have to ask him to be our our go-between. We have to ask him to be the person who can present us before God the Father as as clean, um, right. as sinless. And even after Jesus came uh, and died and, and rose again and ascended into heaven, people have still continued to try and and do it themselves. Some people have taken the, the slant of, Jesus did it, great, he opened up the door, now I can walk in by myself. Some people have said, Jesus didn't open the door, I can open the door myself. But we all see that we all see that selfishness in one way or another destroys us and destroys everything around us. And the most important part to me of accepting Jesus's sacrifice is saying, I cannot do this by myself. It, my sin is insurmountable on my own, left to my own devices. I always turn to selfishness. I always turn to taking the good things I've been giving and perverting them. Mm -hmm. And and that Jesus is is he does this because he loves us. 
And he does this because he wants us to know him, to know him personally, not just be a big batch of people that he brings to heaven. He's like, all right, here comes some more. <laughs> but to know us as individuals, to look at us in the eyes and say, I know, I know how hurt your heart is. I know the ways that you hurt other people. I know the ways that you hurt God. I know the ways that you sin against yourself and against the world and against God. And I love you and I want to make you what you were intended to be. And I want to walk with you all the way up to that point at which you die and then take you with me before the Father and testify on your account that you are flawless in his sight. Um, which is something that I certainly cannot do hmm. myself. <laughs> um, um, I think we all got a chance to talk about our favorite Easter memories, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's got any hanging around. Instead of plugs this week, I'd like to do something that we do in staff meetings that we've started doing that I think is a really cool encouragement. I'd like to bring in My Colleagues Rock, which is a really great section of the staff meeting where we get to brag about the people that we work with. Um, I would love to focus as exclusively as possible on people not in this room. I'd like us to get the chance to brag about the people we work with who aren't on the show, who will be on the show one day. But for right now, people in our congregation don't always get the chance to see those people. And, and I think it'd be great to give our perspective on, on what they've been doing this week, what they've been doing recently that we really admire, that we really love. Well, having gotten the chance to hear, hear from Chelsea and Daniel Wright today, they seem to be really doing a lot of cool stuff with the teenagers, with the youth group, uh, finding creative ways, whether that's by YouTube or Zoom, to interact, to getting just the word out that, hey, we, we're still here, we care about you, <laughs> and we want to still be able to have community together, I think is really cool. They're really putting a lot of effort in. It's really cool. As we've been doing this in our staff meeting, like accountability, it's it's different now than it was before because it's like I don't see most of the staff a lot. Mm. Um, but I also want to shout out to Chelsea, who is also my sister, so I feel kind of a little <laughs> a little bit of nepotism. But anyway, um, just because she, I mean, our worship in the evenings and on the weekends is made so much better by her participation. Uh, you know, adding the harmony and just it brings so much life to it and. She is my sister, but she doesn't have to do any of that. Like, that's not her job. Uh, mm -hmm. But she still gives a lot of time to learning new music and recording the stuff, and I'm just really grateful for that. Um, and I think a lot of people are because, you know, she has a fabulous voice, and, and it just having two voices in harmony brings just so much more life to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really grateful for that. Well, I'll give a shout-out to David. He's quarantined a little more stringently than all the rest of us because he doesn't want to jeopardize Marina's health by going out and then bringing back some germs. But I know he's praying like crazy and he's thinking like crazy. You know, what can we do to reach people? What can we do to make the church better? What can we do to stay in touch with people better? And it's killing him that he can't just do a lot of stuff hands-on right now. Mm -hmm. um, but you can see when we go to Zoom, he is just so fired up to be there. <laughs> and so is Marina. So Marina walks in the room, and you can just see, like, David, like, don't, <laughs> don't take over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Marina, poor Marina, she's been cooped up, too. So 
she can't wait to get out there and just tell you her news. <laughs> it's really cute to watch both of them. And she's put a ton of effort into the ladies' Bible study. Oh my that on Zoom. Amber was part of it yesterday. Like Eighty so, ladies. Yeah, yesterday. said it was really well done. It all worked really well. That's awesome. Yeah. And the women's break ministry for years has been just phenomenal. And it's amazing to watch it make the transition into digital only, like how they can still be yes. that community that they are in person. Yes. I'd like to add something. Please. Usually we get to sign off with saying something about the life of the church. I live with this haunting question. If our church were to go out of business, would anybody outside of our membership care? And I've been living with that haunting question for almost 20 years. Oftentimes, I have to honestly say the answer is no. Hmm. Not too many people would care. But our church is always trying to get to the place where we say we can identify different aspects from the life of our church where people would care. They step back and say, oh, no. During this time, people have been asking me, how are we going to feed the people who've lost their jobs? And it was made extra difficult by the fact that, well, the church isn't really open. They can't just walk into the food pantry and start shopping. Mm -hmm. So there were these ladies in the church, Judy Waters, Janine O'Connell, Nikki Sciarra, who stepped forward and said, we want to provide curbside service of our food pantry. And they went out and found more food for the church, set up a table right in front of the church, and had bags ready-made. And today was our best day ever. So many cars pulled in that we're almost completely out of food. Wow. And we're asking ourselves, okay, what are we going to do for food? Because now people have found us. And hopefully, for years to come, they say, God bless that church. When I didn't have any food, I drove up and they gave me food for my family. Thank you, Bill. Well, we do not have a closing question this week. Um, so instead, I'll end with another pun. What happened when the Easter Bunny met the rabbit of her dreams? They lived happily ever after. Woo! Love it. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Max. Uh, Dan, it's your turn. <laughs> this has been the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of America. Amazing. Ooh, the jelly beans in there? All right. <laughs> Is that for us? Yeah. Oh, yes. What's your favorite candy? Is that the reward for our podcast labors? I got a bunch of Snickers here. Nice. Big ones. Uh, well, what size of Snickers are you used to eating? <laughs> oh, that's fun. That is literally fun size. That's, I, they only come one smaller. No, well, Do they we really? have them. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like the tiny size. These little chavies that Nancy yeah. puts on cookies. That's what I'm used to seeing. Oh, Snickers oh. chips. I'm torn as to whether I want to let you guys. Please take some Snickers. We this get is... all fired up on sugar. I know. Let's go. No, no, I got something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay.
My name is Leah, and you're listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Okay, I did it! Come have a listen.